Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now, a case could be made that Hamilton at Winnipeg could be the game of the week. And to be honest, yeah, I think it might yeah. be an upset. Oh, wow. I can't see that. Hamilton, I think they got a lot you know, riding, obviously. You know, Bo taking over the reins and... Yeah, I just think that uh, the pedigree of Winnipeg is, and Zach Kolaris is going to overcome the Ticats. Uh, so that's where I see it. Uh, great game, though. And I do agree with you. I think, it's a, I think it's a game of the week. Good morning, Rod Squad, and welcome to a football Friday here on the Rod Peterson Show. Garrett DuPont in for RP, who is traveling today. So possibly tuning in from the airport. We'll check in the YouTube comments and see where Rod is at. But we say hello and good morning and welcome to another show. Yeah, ready to go here on a Friday. We are uh, ready to rock and roll. Birds are chirping. It's a gorgeous day. We get ready for the weekend. CFL underway. The Panthers are back in the Stanley Cup final. And we got a lot to get to throughout the show. Um, we'll tell you right now, the text line is open. 902-518-3033 is the number to reach the show. I've got the text line open, so send in your comments, questions, whatever you want to talk about. Maybe you have comments about Anthony Bass, the relief pitcher for the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll get to that a little bit later on. Shane Doan has been hired into the front office of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll uh, talk about that a little bit later on. We'll tee up for the weekend. If you got thoughts on uh, that Bombers and uh, tie Cats game that Matt Dunnigan was talking about off the top, let us know. Maybe it's Riders and Elks on Sunday. Um, all that happening. Uh, the website right now, rodpeterson.com. You can go there, uh, vote on the poll question, get Rod's daily commentary. But let's welcome in uh, the Silver Fox, Kelly Rumpel, who's going to join us here for two segments off the top. Kelly, uh, happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. It's a good Friday. It's a beautiful Friday. Isn't it? How is, uh, is it warm and sunny where you are? You're in Regina. I'm in Saskatoon. But uh, how's the weather today? It's be- it's nice. You know, we've had like that. I'm kind of a little bit done with the 31, 32 and sticky and kind of gross. So tonight's got a, you know, kind of a different feel to it. Probably five or six degrees less, not quite as sunny, not quite as yeah. sticky and hot, kind of overcast, kind of smoky. Yeah. You getting a bit of that up there? Yep, a little bit up here. And I, you know what? I'm sick of is 
you know, 32, 33 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. Everything is perfect until it's time to go to the ballpark, and then the thunder showers roll in. I was going, I was in Moose Jaw on, geez, that would have been Wednesday night after a beautiful day. There wasn't a cloud all day. And then I get to Moose Jaw uh, for the Miller Express game. I was going to do some play-by-play, and I'm sitting up there talking to James Gallo, and we look around, and all of a sudden, all the clouds roll in, massive thunderstorm. You were there. You saw, I mean, even in Regina, the, the rain that night. I'm sick of that. Hot day and thunder showers at night. There I was. There I was at about 10.30, quarter to 11 at night, in my window well, scooping pails of water and throwing it into the backyard. Fun. Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) Crazy times. We'll complain, though, about everything. If it doesn't rain, we complain that it's not raining. When it rains too much, we complain, oh, there's too much rain. Pick one. Right, Darren? Pick one. Human nature, human nature. Well, look, we got ourselves a Stanley Cup final, and that's awesome. And that's where I want oh, to start. Don't we? Carter Verhage in overtime uh, got the Panthers back in the series. If it wasn't for Matthew Kachuk with a little over two minutes to go, tying that game, sending it to overtime. I thought, and I'll be honest, after game two in, uh, in Vegas, I thought this series was going to be over. I thought this is going to be another Colorado, Florida, Stanley Cup final, 96. Great Cinderella run by the Panthers, and then losing four straight, over. But they're back in it, and I think we have a series now. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, it, those game threes, like they're they're so important for obvious reasons, um, especially when a team you know is up by two, because it's probably going to go one of two different ways. And I know yeah. Florida's been there before. Obviously, we remember what happened very early against Boston, but. You know, if if you go down three nothing this time, like I just don't, I don't think lightning is going to strike again. So you're down three nothing, and you know the the fat lady's bringing out the microphone stand, and you know she's uh, she's getting ready to to start singing. Um, but it didn't happen, right? So um, you know they they come back, they tie the game late, and they you know and and score that big goal. Um, you know we haven't seen. You know, we haven't seen, you know, too many kind of weak goals in the series, but that overtime goal was was one that probably should have been stopped. But you know what? Um, these two guys have put on a real show and, and throughout the course of the playoffs. And, you know, you just hope that the winner isn't. I always feel like you just hope that the winner in overtime isn't, you know, a, a disaster or something that's almost embarrassing. And it wasn't. It was a nice shot, but one that the goaltender probably should have had. But what are you going to do? You know, now... Now we've got a situation, though, Darren, like you said, where it's like, who knows? We're probably looking at, I would think, six for sure, wouldn't you think? Yeah. Clark, am I having an issue back here? Is it my end or is it Kelly's? Okay. It could be me. I'm just getting a little choppy feet on my end. I apologize for that to the viewers that are watching, and we say hello to everybody on YouTube. I lag on the internet too much, but, but you're right, Kelly, like... There is over, but one bounce, one swing, you know, that moment of Kachuk at the end of regulation to get that game in overtime can completely shift the whole series. And we saw a difference in Kachuk after that was the gutsiest win he'd ever been a part of, right? Yeah. There, there, there's a guy, you know, who's a, he's a really interesting case study, Matthew Kachuk. 
you know, he's a really interesting uh, guy. Um, you know, I would think that managing him as a coach is 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 a lot of work because on one hand, you know, you don't want to take the teeth out of a tiger. You know, I've, I've heard different coaches. Um, in fact, I was talking to one this morning at the office who also has the initials double D and might be the greatest Regina Pat of all time. I'll let you figure out who that was. Um, I've heard him say it to me years ago and other coaches is you'd rather take a guy that's on the edge and you'd rather have, have to pull him away from the edge than the guy that's so far away from the edge that the FBI can't find him. But at the same time, Kachuk is one of those guys where, you know, he, you know, like for example, let's, let's go back to take a look at game two and to some extent game one spent the first two games taking undisciplined penalties and he wasn't on the ice. He couldn't, he can't perform when you're not on the ice for your team. And so, but on the, at the same time, you don't want to neuter the guy and tell him like, well, we don't want you playing on the edge because when he doesn't do that, he's not effective. Like that's just, he's just not an effective player when he's not, um, you know, playing with, you know, with, with that sort of that um, kind of almost like a loose cannon <laughs> type of behavior where he's a little bit unpredictable and he's in people's faces and he's creating havoc. That's what you want from him. You want him in the paint. You want him bumping into the goaltender. You want him, you know, flattening guys. I mean, look at the hit that he threw in, in game number two. Um, but I thought that last night was a better example of him, you know, delivering kind of like that balance, I guess, that we're looking for. And at one point, I thought he might have been in the doghouse because wasn't at the start of overtime. You didn't see him for three or four or five shifts. There was like three full rotations of lines and you didn't see him on the ice. So who knows what's going on there? I know Paul Maurice loves him. He's said that a million times. But, um, man, you know, an, an interesting character to say the least. Well, and, and Paul, Pomo loves him, but doesn't mean he's not going to sit him down for a little bit. You need him playing. I think he had 24 minutes of penalties in, in game two, um, but yeah. he was good. And, and Too many. he no doubt is their emotional leader. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. I, I, um, let me ask you this question just while, and I'm not trying to bring a downer on the conversation, but now that the CFL is heating up, the Memorial Cup is now over. Um, you know, the Blue Jays playing really, really well. Is there a part of you, Darren? I'm just asking this strictly as a, from a fan perspective, like your take on it. Yeah. Is there a part of you, even though we're in the Stanley Cup freaking final and it shouldn't get any but is there a part of you that's a little bit done with hockey? A little bit? Yeah, you know, I've heard that that it would be really great if the Stanley Cup was wrapped up on the May long weekend. And, you know, a little bit. It, it, it starts to get long, especially into the summer when there's so many more options. Um, and you're right. Like the CFL last night, I caught myself you know, watching the CFL game and thinking, man, I better check back into the hockey game. You know, and your mind kind of shifts a little bit to football. And I'm like, I was this game's going between overtime. three things. Yeah. I was going Blue Jays for a few pitches, then the hockey game for a little bit, then watching the Stampeders and the Lions for a little bit. I was like all over the freaking place. But that's what's fun about it, right? That's what, that's what's, um, it's an interesting it time of year. I just, there's, there's, there's a little part of me a little part of me, as much as I love the Stanley Cup playoffs, because it's a different, let's be honest. I mean, 
it is a different level of hockey than what we're basically used to yeah. seeing from October right through April. And it's you can't help but caught up, get caught up in the excitement and enjoy the heck out of it. But I don't know. I'm kind of I'm getting so where you would think that for a game three in the Stanley Cup final, I would have been a little bit more fired up. But I found when there was other stuff, other options for me, even the baseball, which were only in the early part of June. It's not like there's a, not a lot on the line. But I even found myself even kind of going there a little more than I would have thought. And, and you don't realize it as much when there's other things on. Like if, it's the only, yeah. if hockey's the only thing on television, well, obviously you're going to watch and you're just going to enjoy the heck out of it for what it is. But when you got CFL now and you got the Jays, a week or so ago we had, there were some NBA games on at the same time. I don't know. I'm just finding that it could end any time and I'd be okay with that. But I'm still, but now that it's two to one, maybe I'll change my tune on that a bit. But how much of that has to do with, yeah, how much of that has to do with the two teams though? You know, and, and there was a talk lot. about this at the beginning about ratings and about how this is not going to really entice Canada to watch the Stanley Cup. And, and I know Rod's in Florida and, and you know, um, is really passionate about that market and passionate about the Vegas market. And, and this is a great Stanley Cup. It's going to continue to get better. I think it started a little slow, but yeah, a little bit has to do with, look, this is Vegas and Florida. You know, if I'm in Edmonton, if I'm in Toronto, if I'm in you know, these bigger Canadian markets do I really care about these teams. Well, and and so so here's an interesting perspective, I think, to bring to this conversation. So for whatever reason, Darren, and I can't explain this. I cannot explain this, so I'm not even going to try to explain it. The NHL, for whatever reason, is the only league that I don't have a favorite team. Ryder fan, Viking fan, Warrior fan. I mean, I love the Pats too, but the Warriors deep yeah. down in the pit of my soul is my team, okay? Blue Jays fan. Raptors, okay? It, it, basketball is sort of fourth on my sporting list, but I'm. But there's yeah. no doubt when they're playing who I'm cheering for every single time. It's the Toronto Raptors, okay? Yeah. But the NHL is one league where I don't really have a favorite team. And in some ways it's good because I, my stomach's not in knots and I'm not... Analy overly analyzing every little intricacy of the game. I can just sit back and I can just enjoy it. Um, but I just find that, that it, you know, for me, even though I'm not a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, I'm not, okay? But there's yep. no denying that when they're playing, there's, a, there's something interesting about it that you don't get when it's Carolina versus, you know, Boston or when it's Nashville versus Los Angeles or something like there's just I don't know I mean it, it just not the same even there. the Habs or the Senators or whatever it just seems yeah. like when the Canadian teams are in it or even an original six team even if it was Chicago or something to yeah. me it would feel a little bit more special but that's maybe it's just me no I, I don't think you're wrong I really don't I mean there's only one way to have these teams feel more special to you and that's to play in meaningful games like this unfortunately you're going to have to go through some series where there's not a lot of people who really are emotionally invested like i think that's the big thing is is you know i don't feel as emotionally invested in who wins this this stanley cup you know i don't and 
I, I like it, and I'm, I'm happy for those markets. And I was in Florida with Rod for our 1,000th show, and I love that that market is growing and passionate. And uh, what we saw Dan Marino out there banging the drum last night, and we saw Tua Tungavailoa out there in the jersey and cheering. And I really like that, and that's awesome. In Vegas, that's a special place already as well. Um, but I'll be more invested in those teams 10 or 15 years from now after they've been around for a while and built up some rivalries and things like that. So, unfortunately, we got to go through you, this. I'll, right? I'll tell you one thing that does change my tune a little bit here. I'm scrolling through my text. A friend sent me a screenshot uh, not too terribly long ago, and I may not be able to find it. But uh, or there it is right there. So, Las Vegas Golden Knights, Chandler Stevenson, Regina Patch, Shea Theodore, Seattle Thunderbirds, Mark Stone, Brandon Weekings, Laurent Brosson, Edmonton Oil Kings, Colasar, you know, uh, McNabb, Howden, Moose Jaw Guy, Hill, um, you know, Thompson, Pacquiao. So you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys that are from the Western League. Uh, that's like that is one thing that I have to admit as a Western League at heart guy, like a WHL guy, one of the reasons yeah. I was so disappointed when neither Kamloops or especially Seattle, Cal Filson's a good friend of mine. He was the architect of building that Seattle Thunderbirds team. And we could go off on another rant about this, but we might put half of our listeners to sleep. <laughs> but if the WHL wasn't going to win it this year with five world juniors on that Seattle team, then when is the WHL ever going to win? So, as, but getting back to my original point, as a WHL guy, I mean, it's pretty easy to like Kelly McCrimmon and the, and the, you know, the Las Vegas um, club. I mean, the Golden Knights. Like, I think there might be four Manitoba guys on that team, if I, if my memory serves me correctly. So, yeah. If anything, maybe that's a reason I'm pulling for them. Go, gotta go with those Western boys, eh? Well, it, it very much is from that Brett Howden, right? And that was the Sam Steele yeah. era and all of those guys. But you got Colasar, you know, on one side and, and Shea Theodore. On the other side, you got Josh Mahura. It's almost a repeat of that league final, the Pats and the, uh, uh, the Thunderbirds. Um, what a series, what a playoff run that was. Look, we got to take a break. We come back. I want to get your thoughts on Shane Doan to Toronto. Um, and I do want to touch on uh, quickly um, Anthony Bass. Uh, and his comments in Toronto, and I want your thoughts on opening night in the Canadian Football League. We'll do that when we come back. It's the Rod Peterson Show here on a Friday all across the network on YouTube Live, wherever you get your podcasts, and we are live across the country on Game Plus TV. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. PlayNow.com is Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. A site with hundreds of slot games. Your favorite live table games and the PlayNow Sportsbook. Head over to www.playnow.com slash rpshow to claim your $50 casino reward. That's www.playnow.com slash rpshow for your $50 casino reward. PlayNow.com 19 plus. 
Use your game sense. Day off in South Florida between games three and four in the Stanley Cup Finals. The Panthers are right back in this series after a 3-2 overtime win. Carter Verhage, the hero, in game three. That series resumes on Saturday. Um, just before we bring in Kelly Rempel, an update from Roland Garros in the French Open. Semifinals underway today. Number one ranked Carlos Alcaraz, the young kid, in tough against Novak Djokovic. Uh, Joker took the first set 6-3. Alcaraz came back 7-5, but uh, Alcaraz dealing with a bit of a leg issue. Um, dropped the third 6-1, and he's in trouble. Going to lose that match, I believe. He's down 4 nothing in the fourth set. They're underway again in the RBC Canadian Open. In Toronto, we'll update uh, round two action. Corey Connors shot a 567 in round one, um, sat in a four-way tie for the lead. Roy McIlroy, two-time defending champion, minus one on the day. Okay, let's bring in the Silver Fox. Uh, uh, Kelly, a couple things I wanted to get to with you as we come back in. I got a couple of texts here on the per, or on the uh, the text line here, 902-518-3033. Um, Stephen in North Dakota says, uh, greetings and no hallucinations from a cloudy 72 degrees, Minot, North Dakota. He said, Moose, is there an opportunity to meet you outside the women's washroom in Calgary at the uh, Stampeders game? He said, I met Kelly at Great Cup Festival 2013. Um, any dating advice, Kelly? So do you remember that? Outside a washroom at the Grey Cup in 2013, we were talking about it. Rod said he was doing his radio show um, right outside the washroom, and, and uh, that's where these guys wanted to meet you. Oh, I've lost Lying and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, good guy, good guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to confess, I actually do not remember that, so I'm sorry, but... Uh... Your boy, dating advice, man. That's uh, you're talking to a guy that's been happily married so, since 1998. Right. I'm not sure that I'm the right guy. <laughs> well, so where that came from is uh, the story that came up on the show. Rod was remembering the story, and this guy was saying, "Where do you meet girls in this town?" At the 2013 Grey Cup, and Rod says, "Well, oh. outside the bathrooms, not the first place to start." So I think he's looking for some better dating advice than looking for uh, a date outside the washroom uh, uh, in Regina. I used to I used to find a lot of success going to the Red Cross and giving blood. You know that was always a great place to you know to meet hot chicks. <laughs> easy way to you know any girl that's, uh, easy any girl that's giving blood at the Red Cross is a keeper. Am I wrong? I agree. <laughs> you know what? Speaking of that, Le- Leanne has probably donated blood like two dozen times. So, uh, and she's a keeper. So, you're not. You're right on that. How about that? The Red Cross and the, uh, the um, Canadian Blood Services. Free advice, there no charge on that. And um, uh, Wolf uh, or Wolf writes in on the text line as well. He says, "Hey Moose, uh, Panthers have a little life." He said, "The team that wins Game Four probably wins the Cup." And he says, funny no one stepped up after Kachuk got hit in game three. He said three people ganged up on Kachuk after he hit Eichel. So an interesting uh, difference in how the two teams responded after big hits. Do you got a thought on that? Uh, You know, I'll just say this. Circumstances always dictate that kind of stuff. So they're going to react differently at different points in the game with different scores. It's as simple as that. One's a four-goal game or five-goal game. The other one is a tight game, right? 
Yeah, yeah. big difference on that. Um, I did want to get your thoughts on this really quick. Um, one thing I noticed, and I was having a conversation with Phil, one of my good friends, and and we were talking, the, the, the focus shifted in the conversation to the officials. There were 15 minor penalties in game three. I think the power plays ended up six to five. Um, to me, that's the biggest difference in, in the playoffs right now is the not the officiating. I'm not making a comment about good officiating, bad officiating. It's just different. I mean, the playoffs forever used to be if you had three or four power plays, period, that was a lot in a playoff game. But to have 11 power play opportunities and 15 total minor penalties, that's that's a lot for playoff hockey, isn't it? Well, it is, and I, I. But I guess the the thing that always baffles me is is why is there two penalties in one game and fifteen in the next? Or you know, like where's the rhyme or reason as to, you know, I don't know. Hockey is the one game to me that has that would seem to me to have the widest range of what's a penalty, what isn't a penalty at various points in the game and depending on which crew is officiating the game. Like in baseball, it would be the exo- the opposite. A strike is generally pretty close to being a strike. I understand some umpires have different types of strike zones, and I understand that. But I don't think they call a different type of strike in the seventh inning than they do in the first inning. Whereas hockey, depending on the score, depending on the teams, depending on the circumstances, you know, the game is completely called differently. And I think that's what frustrates people. Like I'm sure yeah. Paul Maurice was ready. His head was ready to explode with that penalty that they gave, um, you know, the Florida last night with whatever it was, 11 seconds left in the third period. So Vegas gets to basically start the the overtime with almost a full penalty. Did you see that call? Yeah. Like what on earth would make you call that after all of what you've let go in that game? And you're going to call that at that? point i know that's the stuff that drives people crazy in my opinion i know well and and it's 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 where do you sit on calling the rule book versus managing the game right and the effect different things have on the game and and Very i feel true. like you know in in that moment and and i would probably fall more into the game management side i probably would and that's gonna upset a lot of people because the rules are the rules are the rules and it should be the same here as the same there and and we don't apply the law that way. Like, situation matters, right? Um, circumstances matter. And I think when, when you're looking at a two-minute penalty in the first period versus a two-minute penalty in that situation that could have ended the game, um, the, the consequences are so much different. A goal in the first five minutes, while a coach will tell you two points in game one is the same as two points in game 82, and that's true, and a goal in the first period is the same as a goal in the third, but... The situation is different. So I look at, you know, does this infraction create a scoring chance? Does it take away a scoring chance? Or is it really dangerous, right? Like, do I need to make that call with 11 seconds left? Because the what it's going to, how it's going to affect the game is monumentally different than that same call in the first period, right? No, that's, that's but that's the different... That's the line in the sand that everybody's going to disagree on. And, and what makes it complicated yeah. is if you, myself, Rod, Labardius, and, you know, yeah. 25 other people sat at a table and wanted to, you know, hammer this debate out, you'd have 25 different opinions. 
There, there wouldn't be two guys that had exactly the same opinion. And so there, I don't know. I'm not saying I know what the right or wrong answer is. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a discretionary thing. And I understand that, yeah. but you know, they, 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 so to give you an example, I, I remember coaches in the WHL years ago in the early 2000s when they really decided that they were going to crack down on the clutching and grabbing. We don't want to have the six foot six, 230 pound slow defenseman dragging the forwards down to the lowest common denominator. Like we got to start calling the infractions, the hooking, the, the, you know, the clutching, the grabbing, like we're getting away from like, isn't this game supposed to reward skill and reward players, regardless of whether they're five foot four or six foot four? Like, is this not about creating opportunities and opening up the game to make it more exciting? And I agreed with that hundred percent. So they went 72 games and they called it one way. And that was the, if you were a big slow defenseman and a shifty quick guy beat you, on a breakaway and you hauled them down it was a penalty period they got to the playoffs and that went all out the window and it deferred back to the way that it had been the last 10 years should it have shouldn't have i don't care but just make a decision on what 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 you're gonna do and then live with it good or bad that's all i yeah would say about that i I agree, because it's all about expectations versus reality. When you set good expectations and the reality meets it, we got no problems. But the problem is we set expectations like calling it one way. It's gotten gotten better. I'm I'm using an extreme example. It's no different than in football when they wanted to take headshots out of the game. Nobody's going to argue that it's a good idea that we want people to have less concussions and brain injuries. But the first two or three years was a dog's breakfast because nobody, they guys have been taught how to hit and how to play a certain way for so long. You can't just go click and every single one of these guys is going to completely be able to adapt to new style of tackling and hitting. It takes time for people to sort of adjust their game. Hockey's the same way with the hits and all that kind of stuff. I guess I'm digressing a little bit, but it all comes back to the consistency. So over time, though, you would expect that the consistency would sort of level itself out and uh, just feel like hockey's the one game where there's the widest discrepancy of consistency. Maybe that's my, my, my point. I agree. We have about four minutes left. Um, I want to get to this next point, which is our poll question. And then maybe if there's time in the last minute, rapid fire through a couple things. Man, I could sit with you for two hours and it would feel like two minutes. Um, (laughs) We learned last night in the game um, from Elliot Friedman in the second intermission that the Calgary Flames now, uh, their assistant coach Ryan Husk is the new front runner to be the head coach in Calgary, um, according to Elliot Friedman. Um, It was... The other names that were in the mix at one point, Mitch Love, the coach of the uh, the Heat, uh, or the Wranglers now, uh, Kirk Muller, other Flames assistant, a former Canucks coach Travis Green, and Andrew Burnett, who has since been hired um, in, the, in the National Hockey League. But Ryan Huska, the five-year assistant coach now, the front runner. Um, did that shock you to learn? He's very well respected. He's paid his dues. But to me, I kind of thought this was Mitch Love's job to lose. Well, I'm not, I'm not as dialed into it. Like I, I'm not an insider here. So I could just kind of give you the same sort of answer that somebody else that might be on the periphery would. I think that, I think that uh, you couldn't go wrong with either choice to be very honest. 
I know Ryan Huska has the respect of a lot of those players. And I think that in, in some ways, um, this is almost that they're, they're, these guys have been beaten down so badly and they're so pissed off and agitated and they've almost got one foot out the door. A lot of these guys, that I think sometimes you have to throw some meat to the lions just to keep the peace. And so if players are telling, you know, Don Maloney or they're, they're telling people at the top, here's the guy we really want then sometimes you got to do what you got to do to kind of keep the peace because you're not you can't go wrong with either choice yeah so i think that they're probably going to do which is the most aesthetically pleasing for the players that would be my guess because i think everybody loves ryan husk around there how could you not how could you not? That is our poll question today for Key Auto Group. Um, who should be the next head coach for the Calgary Flames? And we went with Mitch Love, Ryan Huska, Kirk Muller, or other. Uh, you got 23 hours to vote on that, and we'll uh, update the poll question throughout today. You can vote now at rodpeterson.com. You can vote on Twitter or here on YouTube. And look, before we let you go, we got a minute. Um, did you catch the Stamps and Lions last night in the CFL lid lifter? Vernon Adams looked pretty good, and the Lions uh, are 1-0, beating the Stampeders 25-15. Okay, since we're rapid firing, I will say I did watch it. It was one of those games that didn't have me uh, on the edge of my seat, but because it was close, I watched it till the end, and I, and I enjoyed it. It wasn't my favorite CFL game I've ever watched, but hey, I love CFL football, and it was a close game, so what the heck? I did like it. Yes, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, that's a perfect take, actually. Vernon Adams was fairly sharp, especially early on in the first half of that game, and we're going to get into this a lot more in hour two. Um, but it was week one. Got some kinks to work out. And before we let you go, Rapid fire I want to ask you, I want to ask you, Dalvin Cook of the Minnesota Vikings, good move, oh. bad move to release the All-Pro? They were going to have to pay him an absolute fortune over the next three years and his game is he's he's he, you know what sometimes i understand why teams cut their losses and that will free up a ton of salary cap room over the next three years so i understand why they did it um did i like the d decision not really because i love dalvin cook but i understand why they did it and anthony bass came out and uh I don't think he actually apologized for what he said, but he didn't want to be a distraction to the team, and he wishes he wouldn't have posted it. Um, can he stick around with the Blue Jays, or should they cut their losses altogether? Oh, boy. Can I give a slightly longer fire. than rapid-fire question here? Do I have at least a minute? That's it, and then we got to go. Okay, so let me just say this. I, I may be the wrong person to ask about this kind of stuff, and I, and I apologize. I don't want to offend our viewers. It seems like everybody's offended very easily these days, and I don't mean to be that guy. But I personally don't go to a rock concert or don't tune into sports or don't... I, I watch that stuff to get away from the, the painful mental exhaustion I get when I watch the news. So the last thing I want are athletes and entertainers to constantly weigh in on what church they go to and which God I should pray to, which political party I ought to vote for, whether I should wear a mask or get vaccinated or not. I don't care what they do. So it shocks me that they would think that I would give a rat's ass what they do. I don't care. 
And what's even more staggering at this point is after all of the beatdowns that these athletes and these entertainers take, when they can't help themselves, but to let everybody know what their opinion is, full well knowing that 50% of the people are going to disagree with them no matter what they say, they can't help themselves and they get themselves into all this trouble. I wish they'd just shut up and put their phones away because I don't care what they think. And, and, and I just don't know what it is going to take to get these guys to smarten up and stop weighing in on their political and their, their, you know, their views on religion and politics and COVID like, no, like what's wrong with you? Now all you've done is you've created a huge distraction for your team and yourself. Like, are you nuts? Just shut up. I know. I know. And because you got to choose. Once you enter that realm, you're putting pro sports in the back burner. Look at Colin Kaepernick. Doesn't mean he's wrong in what he's doing. But as soon as you go down that path, now that's who you are. And you're no longer the pro football player. And teams aren't going to want that distraction around. And it's... That's a choice you got to make as an athlete. We could talk about that for an hour. Kelly, I appreciate the time. <laughs> it's always great to see you. And uh, let's do it in person soon. Let's get together soon. Absolutely, 100%. Okay. Awesome. The Silver Fox, Kelly Rumpel. Uh, big pleasure having him here for two segments. As you know, we don't keep a tight schedule when, uh, when Darren hosts the show, but we'll try and get back on track next. It's the Rod Peterson Show, YouTube Live. You may be listening on the podcast, but we are live on television coast-to-coast on the Game Plus TV network. Are you tired of overspending on your purchases? Say hello to local deals available on the MySask411 app which brings you amazing deals and offers right at your fingertips. With a few taps, you can save big on your next shopping spree, from dining to clothing. MySask411 has discounts for all your needs. Download the MySask411 app and start saving today. Yeah, welcome back to the show. I told you we don't keep much of a schedule when, when uh, the Moose is hosting. I let my camera move, too. If you want to really know what's going down, I'm at the in-laws in Saskatoon, okay? And so uh, they're heading to the lake for the weekend, and um, I got the run of the place. But, of course, 30 seconds before we go back to air, I got to get the details on watering the plants and running the air conditioner and... Anyways, we are back, and uh, I'm really excited for our next guest. And, uh, Andy McNamara is joining us. And, uh, Andy, you got so many new things uh, rocking and rolling. I want to talk all about that. And I hope, um, whereabouts are you in, uh, in the GTA? I'm, first of all, Darren, great to be on with you and, and all that. And I'll tell you this quickly first. Saskatoon, hell of a town. I love Saskatoon. Amazing. With the, uh, with the rush, the Saskatchewan rush, I was there for two championship games a couple years ago yeah. i got free cake in the hotel from uh, someone's grandma's birthday coming back and bought a drink walking what? down the street i love you saskatoon <laughs> <laughs> and i'm i'm an hour east of toronto i'm an hour east of toronto an hour <laughs> oh you're the wrong way so i don't know if you know this yeah um but we're moving out there next week oh no um, way like for good yeah so we'll have really? to get together uh, we're going to be in mississauga 
Um, oh, wow. But Leanne's out there now, and uh, uh, she's at the RBC Canadian Open, brand new job, and everything is rocking and rolling. So we're going to see a lot of you uh, soon. So we'll make sure we get together. Awesome. I think I fly out uh, in a, a little over 10 days. So uh, we'll get Absolutely. to that. Absolutely. Look. Yes. Looking forward to that. Good. Congratulations on, uh, on moving out. That's it's, great. Thank you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Look, you talk about the rush, and now you're, you know, with the fantasy stuff, and now the, um, you're going to be, you know, doing a lot of great stuff with Woodbine. You remind me a lot of myself, just uh, bouncing around, got a lot of different irons in the fires, which is exciting. But I want to talk NFL fantasy with you, and I know it's a football Friday. Um, there's so many moving parts this offseason. Aaron Rodgers with the Jets. Where's DeAndre Hopkins going to go? By the way, I think tomorrow is the big meeting with the Titans. Um, we'll see if Rabel can sway him. Uh, Dalvin Cook getting released. Zeke is still available. Um, for, for you, what's the most intriguing offseason storyline? What's number one? I think it's got to be that the running backs and the star caliber of running backs being discarded takes where we valued running backs, which already was on the decline, right? We know that magic age, you know, 28, you hit 28, you're done. And we've seen that you can draft running backs in the third, fourth round. They can come in and be day one starters. So running backs getting to that second contract and getting big money becomes less and less frequent. And it wasn't that long ago. In 2020, Dalvin Cook was the second-best fantasy football running back. Um, Ezekiel Elliott's been a stud for years. Kareem Hunt's still on the market. And you have all these guys being drafted. And what we're seeing, Darren, as well, is more and more committees. So this is going to be a very interesting fantasy football draft season because for the first time, I don't want to say ever, but in a a very long time that I can remember, we're going to have a wide receiver go first overall, not a running back because of all these committees. Yeah, I know it is crazy. And, and I still think the running back position is so important from a fantasy mm-hmm. perspective, especially if you're in a PPR league and you've got a running back who catches balls out of the backfield and racks up a lot of all purpose yeah. yards. But when it comes to actual NFL teams, you know, it's receivers that are getting valued a lot more than running backs now. And, you know, Look at what Derrick Henry's done. You look at Zeke over his time, and um, a lot. Of it, and then you go to you know Kansas City, and you know these teams that are winning. Um, it's not teams with really prolific rushing attacks, right? It's the quarterback yeah. now that seems to be driving Super Bowl wins. So, you know, are we seeing a real shift in in philosophy? Yes, definitely, and I think a lot of that comes yeah. into the. Um, the forgivingness of the officials when it comes to passing the football, right? If you blink at a receiver too hard and you're a cornerback, you're getting flagged, right? So coaches adjust. Of course, if that's going to happen, why wouldn't you want to throw the ball more? And it's, it's also not that teams aren't necessarily rushing the ball as much, which they're doing it less, but it's that variety. They want to keep people fresh. It's kind of that Shanahan approach, right? Copycat league. You can mix in as long as you have, your offensive line in place, as long as you have your system and style, are you Derrick Henry style, I'm going to run through you, or are you more Shanahan style in San Francisco where it's, all right, you have that offensive line moving like a picket fence and you need a running back that can cut and go. And you can find those running backs all over. Like, look at Miami. My fantasy disaster. Like, I cringe all over the place. There's just so many committees. So it's it's going to be very interesting when people are doing their fantasy drafts of 
are you taking the strategy where, okay, if I don't get a t- running back A, B, or C, I'm going to punt on the position, load up at wide receiver, and sprinkle back? Because it's almost it's not at the, the dire stages of where tight end is at right now for fantasy, but it's getting yeah. there. Yeah, I agree. It is uh, very interesting. So receiver, if you got the number one pick in your fantasy draft, who are you taking? I've been looking and thinking, and again, my mind always goes to, okay, I I should be taking the running back because they are more rare. But when you look at it this year, like Christian McCaffrey bounced back and so did Saquon Barkley, but Darren, we're two years, the year before, and then also the year before that, they were injured back-to-back years. Do I want to tempt that? Do I want to tempt Derrick Henry with all those miles? No. So wide receiver, I got to look at the most prolific, and it is tough. If you look at the numbers and the odds of repeating at such a high level, it's tough. But I just can't get off of Justin Jefferson. I just can't. I Kirk, people crap on Kirk Cousins. And, you know, when, it, when the games count, rightfully so. But fantasy-wise, he will throw it to – it's almost like a Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers back with the Packers type of volume. He's going to throw it to Justin Jefferson. You know he's going to throw it to Justin Jefferson. And Justin Jefferson, yeah. he's going to catch the football. So yeah. I put Jefferson one and Jamar Chase as a very – like almost a 1B, like right underneath. But the health factor last year spooked me a little bit and that you still have a T. Higgins and a Tyler Boyd that could steal some share. He's going to be just fine. But in Minnesota, it begins and ends with Justin Jefferson. So you want that volume. Yeah, and I'm really curious to see the the dynamic duo in Miami, what type of a step forward they take. But look, it's a short segment. We got less than a minute. Um, Tell me about DeAndre Hopkins and where you think he ends up with Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, in Tennessee, or somewhere else. I think if you're looking at a team that needs him, good Lord, Tennessee. Right? Like, come on, you got Traylon Burks, nothing against the guy, but good, come on. I think it really depends what the... That's it! And Derrick Henry. So it really depends what the Titans want to do. Is this a, all right, well, you know, we'll do Daniel, we'll do Levis, and then we'll sort of half tank and try to get a guy what's the strategy um if you go for need it's tennessee uh new england does deandre hopkins want to reunite with bill o'brien who was his head coach in houston what was that relationship like yeah i don't know um in cleveland it would be it's a fun idea but darren quite honestly i don't think the browns need an aging receiver who he's on the decline of it still very useful but he's not a number one he's going to be wanting number one money at least 15 million that odell beckham jr got and he's way better than odell so yeah. where do you sprinkle him in? Um, I think the the Chargers, they're super cheap typically, but the Chargers could be very interesting. If I'm looking at it, uh, I, I hope for the Titans' sake that they get him uh, because that would be a much-needed boost to that offense. Yeah, me too. Andy, this is way too short, but I appreciate you dropping in, and uh, we'll see you soon in person. Absolutely. Hey, safe move out there. Thank you. Andy McNamara joining us here. On the show, appreciate the time. Uh, We're going to take a break, come back with uh, viewer takeover in the final segment. It'll be a short one, but again, this is how we roll when uh, I host the show. Clark is used to it. It's the RP Show, live on YouTube, uh, Game Plus TV, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
PlayNow.com is Saskatchewan's only legal gambling site. A site with hundreds of slot games, your favorite live table games, and the PlayNow Sportsbook. Head over to www.playnow.com slash rpshow to claim your $50 casino reward. That's www.playnow.com slash rpshow for your $50 casino reward. PlayNow.com 19 plus. Use your games. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.